You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report podcast. Welcome to the July 2022 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team, so we spend our days helping students choose the best coding boot camps for them. But every month, we round up all of the most interesting boot camp industry news that we read about and chatted about in the Course Report office, shared with each other on Slack or emailed each other about, mm-hmm. and we share it all with you. Yeah. So first, just a quick happy anniversary to Tech Elevator, which just hit seven years of training developers. Yes. Congrats to Tech Elevator. Um, getting a lot more schools, reaching their seven, eight, nine, even 10-year ten. anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, very exciting. And also, just a note to keep an eye out because we're going to draw the winner of our July review sweepstakes in just a couple of days. As you know, a ton of alumni come to Course Report to leave reviews of their experiences at a boot camp, and we draw a winner of our review sweepstakes about every six months. So we're going to draw the winner on August 1st. So if you've graduated from a boot camp, you have a bit more time to leave a review on Course Report to be entered in that sweepstakes, and you can win a $500 Amazon gift card. That's such an awesome prize. Um, yeah. And Jess, what are we going to cover in today's actual episode? Yeah. So we're going to tell you about a fundraise, an acquisition, and a rumor in the bootcamp industry. Mm. And then we'll give you an update about Pell expansion and OPM regulation here in the U.S. And then we're going to talk about my favorite news topic of late, uh, which is workforce development partnerships with boot camps. And that's going to include a couple of case studies. And then we'll also chat about an update on an innovative program that trains incarcerated folks in tech. And of course, we're going to tell you about nine new coding boot camps that we added to the course report directory this July. All right, let's kick things off with a big fundraise and a pretty major acquisition in the bootcamp world. GeekWire reports that Coding Dojo received $10 million from Eastward Capital Partners. Coding Dojo reports that they've experienced 100% year-over-year growth within these last two years. And Holberton School has been acquired by African Leadership Group, ALG, although the acquisition price was not yet published. TechCrunch reported that Holberton's online tech platform will become part of ALG's current learning platform. And then, of course, Holberton has physical campuses, so those 34 campuses will become a separate business that will be operated under the current Holberton name and CEO, Florian Boucher. According to tech.eu, LeWagon has bought Emile, which offers online courses based in France. LeWagon will be incorporating Emile's online course format into their own bootcamp. LeWagon has been expanding into online over the past six months or so. So this acquisition lines them up with that expansion. Definitely. And finally, Bloomberg reported on a rumor in early July that Indian online education provider Baiju has offered to buy 2U. Baiju's offer of about $15 a share gives 2U an enterprise value of about $2 billion. And they were reportedly also in talks with Chegg, but it doesn't seem like anything has come of either rumor quite yet. 
Wow. That would be such a huge acquisition. Huge acquisition in the space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to regulatory news as the debate rages on around OPM's like to you. But Jess, start us off with this news about Pell Grant expansion in the U.S. If you'll remember, the U.S. House of Representatives is thinking of extending Pell Grants to cover short-term programs. In the past few months, though, Congress said that this extension would not cover online courses. Higher Ed Dive reports that this is troubling news to universities and colleges that offer online courses. So 14 leaders of universities and organizations like Cengage Group, 110, Purdue, and Southern New Hampshire University, which owns Kenzie Academy, delivered a letter to Congress imploring them to include online programs in the Pell Grant extension. The House is currently excluding online programs from this extension because there's some skepticism about if these programs will be as valuable as in-person programs, but that would leave out a lot of working adults taking online courses. And of course, the WorkShift newsletter had something thoughtful to say about this. Michelle Van Noy points out that we're framing the conversation around programs that get graduates high-paying jobs. That's kind of how everyone is defining value in this scenario. But if we only fund programs that lead to high-paying jobs, then we're ignoring a key part of the labor market. As Van Noy says, quote, most resources are devoted to programs leading to higher wage occupations. In short, those with a college education get more training. What about workers in those jobs at the lower end of the occupational spectrum? Why not invest in those workers as well? End quote. And so, of course, we know that coding boot camps generally lead to those higher paying jobs, higher wage jobs Mm -hmm. and software. But it's also important to recognize the programs that are specifically training folks without college degrees who aren't as far along in their careers because those have a lot of value, too. Yeah, that's a great point. There's still buzz about that U.S. Government Accountability Office report on OPMs that was released in June, um, which concluded that the Ed Department wasn't doing enough to oversee OPMs and their financial relationships with colleges. Higher Ed Dive reported that in early July, the House Appropriations Committee called on the Ed Department to really crack down on those contracts between universities and OPMs. The Ed Department still hasn't said anything about the GAO report or this response from the House Appropriations Committee, but we will definitely keep you posted. And if you're particularly interested in OPMs and how 2U is impacted by this pressure, then we'll link to a great blog post by Phil on EdTech, who really looks into this Wall Street Journal article from July about 2U and their university partners. The article was called that fancy university course, it might actually come from an education company. And I'll, I'll let you read the whole thing. But as Phil says, quote, that article could have been solid journalism that highlights an area that needs attention and debate, but it ended up being misguided, kind of gotcha journalism that missed the mark. They mm-hmm. really focused, sorry, this is not Phil saying this, but they really focused on to you specifically and not on the general, like, trend of OPMs and how they are doing their marketing. Hmm. Um, So yeah, that was a good one. Skills-based hiring has become a real trend in 2022, and HR Dive focused a few articles on what skills-based hiring is looking like actually on the ground. Liz, why is skills-based hiring starting to take off right now? Well, of course, this is all driven by the current labor market. And Ryan Golden from HR Dive reports that this could have something to do with the findings in an Accenture report that details the presence of 
27.4 million hidden workers, which is a term that they're using to reference a group that includes employees who were inactive on long-term unemployment or who missed hours due to the um, economic recession or child and family care reasons in the last few years. Employers should not overlook non-traditional candidates and should invest in apprenticeship programs and external partnerships for training. Um, And if you are an employer listening to this, look into the Microsoft Leap program for inspiration. We're going to talk about that one again in this episode. Cybersecurity talent is in high demand right now, but we've seen many articles saying there currently isn't enough cybersecurity talent to fill all of these open positions. Higher Ed Dive highlighted a new report from cybersecurity professional organization, IS2, that had really positive findings about employers who take on entry-level and junior-level cybersecurity hires. So in this report, 37% of these employers found that their entry-level hires took just six months or, or less to be capable in their job. And nearly 30% responded that it took less than $1,000 to upskill their junior level hires. So those were the hires that had like one to three years of experience. The last cool fact from this report, 42% of these employers said that it took $1,000 or less to upskill those entry level hires who really had no experience before they got into that role. We're always happy to highlight news from the apprenticeship and workforce development worlds. Liz, what apprenticeship did Paul Fain recently spotlight in his newsletter? Paul Fain really dug into a case study about the Missouri Chamber Foundation's industry-driven IT apprenticeship. That program has trained 1,565 tech workers, including 640 people of color, since its creation with a $6 million federal grant two years ago. So almost 1,600 tech workers in just two years. It's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. The foundation committed $2.7 million to the grant program, which is designed to help companies expand or create new federally registered apprenticeships. And then employers kicked in an additional $2.9 million in the grant's first year. It's a really cool cool public, yeah, public private partnership, um, a very good case study. Yeah. And if you're interested in doing an apprenticeship, we just updated our roundup of 12 tech apprenticeships that are perfect for bootcamp grads and career changers. Included in this list is the Microsoft Leap Apprenticeship, which is a very competitive program to get into, but a major career booster if you get into it. So in the news roundup, we'll link to a recent Q&A we did with Sabio grad Rob about how he got into Leap um, in the past year and then became a software engineer at Microsoft. So in a full-time software engineering position, Um, just in case you're looking for tips on how to get into Microsoft Leap and also what to expect once you get in. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out that in updating that blog post, we also discovered the Creating Coding Careers Tech Apprenticeship Program, which is another Department of Labor registered apprenticeship. Um, And I just wanted to give this one a shout out because it sounds very cool. Candidates complete a three-month pre-apprenticeship learning phase, and then they spend a year on the actual apprenticeship. And the whole time, Creating Coding Careers is paying all participants a minimum of $20 an hour. Wow, that's great experience. Yeah, it's a cool one. And then also NYCEDC announced in July that the New York City Economic Development Corporation and Full Stack Academy have partnered again to offer the second annual Cyber NYC Fellowship Scholarship Program 
aimed at low-income and unemployed New Yorkers. That scholarship is offered through the Cyber NYC Initiative, which is focused on helping develop a cybersecurity workforce. And the full tuition scholarship basically covers Full Stack Academy's cybersecurity analytics boot camp. I'm glad to see they renewed that for this year. Yes, yes. Um, So across the pond, Financial Times weighed the success of online vocational training programs like Generation UK, which is a nonprofit in the UK, um, that are upskilling Brits and backed by the British government. Since 2020, the UK Treasury has released more than 100 million pounds to these upskilling or reskilling initiatives. Unemployed Brits have been able to receive full tuition funding from the government. For those working who want to upskill, employers will cover 30% of that tuition, and then the government is covering the rest. Nearly half of the students who have been enrolled in these online tech boot camps have been women, which is a nod to how beneficial the remote classroom works around busy life schedules. And the Financial Times also pointed out the kind of skepticism around UK boot camp outcomes, and that reporting outcomes seems to be inconsistent right now, which is I would say, consistent with what we see in the U.S., that inconsistency. Mm -hmm. Um, They pointed to a December 2021 report from the U.K.'s Department of Education that saw somewhat limited success with the U.K. boot camps. They reported one in five participants dropping out, so about a 20% attrition rate. And then of those who finished the boot camp, 54% got a new or better job. Um, One thing to point out is that that report does include other skills and vocational Mm. training, not just tech skills. So like lorry driving is included in that report. Getting women into tech and then supporting women so they stay in their tech careers past 35 years old is top of mind for a payroll company interviewed by CIO. Liz, how does this company support their women technologists? Yeah, so Beth Stackpole explored this in a CIO article about how tech executives need to take constant intentional action to drive towards a more balanced, diverse IT organization. She focuses on Lane McGrath, who was in a customer experience role at Gusto, which is that payroll software uh, company. But Lane wanted to shift into computer science and software engineering. And so basically, she made a case to Gusto for learning software engineering, not just for herself, but also to advance her career at Gusto. And that led to this pilot program in which Gusto covered the cost of a seven-month full-time boot camp while continuing to pay Lane a salary and maintain her benefits and vesting. Um, And now Lane is a benefits engineer as part of Gusto's engineering product design and data department. And she also puts in time to mentoring other women who are interested in making career changes. Lane says something that I think most employers these days would love to hear, which is, quote, I didn't just want to be a software engineer. I wanted to be a software engineer at Mm. Gusto. Yeah. As we mentioned in last month's podcast episode, Ada Developers Academy is expanding and they're opening up a new campus in Washington, D.C. For now, that D.C. campus is an online D.C. campus, but next fall there will be an actual like in-person D.C. option. Ahead of its D.C. opening this year, Technically D.C. reports that Ada is hosting a hybrid hackathon at the end of August that covers the Supreme Court's recent overturn of Roe v. Wade. Ada's CEO, Lauren Sato, says that women and non-binary folks are already struggling to get into the tech sector, and unplanned pregnancy with no access to needed health care may mean someone can't pursue or switch into a tech career. 
Lauren says, quote, it's a self-perpetuating cycle where technology could really help solve some of these challenges. But until there are women at the table building the technology that they need for their bodies and their lives, it's not going to be representative, end quote. And in Columbia, South Carolina, several women serving time at the Camille Graham Correctional Center have been participating in the Persevere program, which is basically a boot camp to certify students as full stack developers. Uh, So seven women who are still incarcerated and then four others who have been recently released all received a diploma in July. I love this program because we've we've heard of, you know, incarcerated folks going through technology programs, learning to code, getting great jobs afterwards, but it's usually um, at the San Quentin uh, correctional mm-hmm. facility, which is awesome that they do it. But it's always men that are learning mm-hmm. <laughs> that have access to these programs. And so this is one of the first ones that I've heard that's specifically for a female or for a women's correctional center. And numerous studies have shown that education is an effective way to reduce recidivism, and the Persevere program boasts a 1.8% recidivism rate. Mm -hmm. Brian Sterling, who's the director of the South Carolina Department of Corrections, says, quote, a coding class like this and a salary of $100,000 or even more, we know that they are most likely not going to be coming back to prison, end Mm -hmm. quote. And that is the goal. Yeah. And we were also heartened to see news that big companies like JP Morgan, Microsoft, and Slack are taking steps to hire formerly incarcerated individuals onto their own tech teams. CNBC reports that a growing number of these companies, driven by social justice reform initiatives and the struggle to find workers, are participating in formal programs to help these individuals re enter the workforce. These programs include Next Chapter, which is founded by Slack to help those with criminal records get tech training and mentorship to start their new tech career. After visiting San Quentin Prison in 2016 and finding men there completing a tech training program called The Last Mile, Slack CEO Stuart Butterfield was inspired to create Next Chapter. With Next Chapter, he created a tech training and mentorship program that not only taught the tech skills, but also linked up these students to full-time tech employment, which is just such a an extra cool part about this program. Stewart also notes that the majority of prisoners he saw in the San Quentin prisons coding class that day were people of color and other minorities who are very underrepresented in the current tech space. And there are now 14 other companies like PayPal, Zoom, Dropbox, and Asana that are participating in that Next Chapter program. The online tech training for Next Chapter is delivered by the coding bootcamp Hack Reactor. And then once it's completed, students are matched with one of those participating companies for mentorship and hiring. Yeah. I love that part about this program. They're getting the tech training skills, but then also Mm -hmm. getting that bridge over into actual employment. Which is totally key because what are you going to do without the foot in the door at one of those companies, especially if you're just coming out of um, prison or a correctional facility? Yeah. So important to have that warm foot in the door. Definitely. Well, this July, several new boot camps opened, and we heard about a few new campuses and courses. So Jess, let's start with any in-person campuses, shall we? Yeah, so we're starting to hear of more coding boot camps offering these in-person learning opportunities again. Codesmith just announced that it will be launching in-person learning in New York City this October. And Virginia Tech has partnered with Full Stack Academy to offer an online product management boot camp. 
Codefellows has partnered with Yellowtail Tech to offer tech career pathways to underrepresented individuals in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And the Tech Academy announced that they are now offering a cybersecurity bootcamp. And what's interesting about their cybersecurity bootcamp is that students will learn full stack web and software development, as well as cybersecurity fundamentals. The Tech Academy also announced that they're offering free online coding classes for beginners. And we added nine new coding boot camps to the course report directory this July. Yes. Who's in our listings now? That's right, Liz. So we added the Russian based coding boot camp, Saint Code Boot Camp, and the Berlin based boot camp, Telran. We also added several online coding boot camps, Stack Trek, Code Labs Academy. Masai, Obsidian Academy, and Jagad Academy. We've also got QA Testing Bootcamp Tectorial Academy in our listings, as well as Digital Marketing Bootcamp Acadian Plus. Yeah, so if you attended any of these bootcamps and you want to leave a review, those pages are now live on Course Report, and you can log in and leave a review of your experience. Well, even though we are in the dog days of summer, I mean, it has been hot from (laughs) just in Maine to me in Texas. It is. (laughs) um, We still published so many good pieces this July. So Jess, what was your favorite interview from the month? Yeah, we hear a lot of debate about college versus boot camps. So it was really cool to speak with 1150 Academy grad Zach about why he chose to enroll in their online cybersecurity boot camp right after his high school graduation. Zach shares what motivated him to enroll at a cybersecurity boot camp instead of going to college and how his boot camp experience has actually helped him launch a really successful career in a pretty short time frame. Um, he's now a SOC analyst at an actual cybersecurity company. And Liz, what was your favorite piece to work on this month? Well, uh, my favorite piece was actually five pieces because I got to break down our last webinar, which was what I wish I knew before a coding boot camp, and share each panelist's advice in individual blog posts this July. So that means that we got great advice from five alumni from Coding Temple, General Assembly, Sabio, Digital Crafts, and Springboard. If you're interested in any of those schools, you've got tips and advice from actual folks that have been through it and are sharing like exactly what they wish they had known before they went. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Jess and I are planning for our next live Q&A, which will be September 7th. Mm-hmm. And the topic is, drum roll, I can't do a drum roll, but <laughs> um, how to get in to five different boot camps. So we've got admissions representatives from five different schools. We're going to be putting the landing page for that live soon. You can sign up. You can watch the recorded video. You can join live, ask all of your questions, and that will be a super helpful live Q&A. We we should have so many good tips and pieces of advice coming out of that one, so you won't want to miss it. And that does it for our July podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, You can keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about online and in-person bootcamp opportunities, and we're going to see you next month on the August Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. 
Yay. And of course we love feedback. So email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving us a review. Yeah. We'll see you in August. Stay see cool, you. everyone.